0: Welcome to Failing For You, where I'll fail so you don't have to, or even better yet, so you can too. Guys, so today I have this really cool guest, Kyle from Manufacturing Tribe, and he's going to tell you not only when you need to start using video for your industrial company, but how you can start. Whether you're the person recording the videos, you want to get a company started, or you're the industrial company yourself and you're thinking, maybe it's time, it's time, and he's going to tell you why. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Failing for You. I'm your host, Jordan Yates, and today I have a guest and a new location, but only for this episode. Everybody, please welcome Kyle Mylin. Kyle, I'm so happy for you to be here.
1: Thanks for having me in this new location.
0: I know, guys. Can you believe I finally made enough money to buy an entire building? <laughs> Kyle is nice enough to let me record an episode of. This podcast while at his really awesome studio. So please don't get used to this quality. This is a one time thing, and then we're back to my home office. All right. So don't get too used to it. Until you come back (laughs) and visit again. Yeah. Then we'll do another episode here. But in the meantime, guys, just, you know, I hope you like it today. Kyle and I met through LinkedIn, pretty much how I've met every guest I've ever had really. Kyle is like on steroids of what I can only ever imagine my side business being. So I think I've, I've hinted at it before guys, but I create, you know, technical content for manufacturers or others in the more technical spaces. And it's a company I just recently started. I've been getting going and I like to look to people like Kyle for advice because Kyle, can you kind of explain what your company is and what you do?
1: Yeah, so I started manufacturing tribe eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Made every mistake possible in the book over the past eight years. Still, I still feel like I'm making mistakes every day. Yeah. Um, but we, what we are is we're an industrial marketing agency. So we're a digital marketing agency that only works with industrial manufacturing companies.
0: Okay. Um, that's
1: primarily driven by the fact that I've been in the industry for 23 years, um, and so. We do everything from website SEO through writing technical articles, video, advertising, social management, everything under the sun.
0: That is a lot. And guys, like their quality is so good. I'm sitting here right now with another one of their team members, and I was looking over her shoulder while she was editing, and I was like, oh, man. I need to learn how to do that. I I always see people doing these like really amazing quality. I'm like, I want to be that one day. I want to get to that level. So you obviously didn't always have a whole team and a whole system set up. So like, how did you start? Like, what did you start with? What were you doing when you first got started?
1: Yeah, so I was I was working for another company and I learned how to build a website, which took me about six months, got it through YouTube University Education, built a website, landed two customers doing outbound sales lead generation, and then once I had two clients and then they were paying me a little bit of money a month, quit my full-time job. That's brave. Risked it all, I had 90 days worth of money in the bank. And said, "I'm going to try my hand at owning my own business." So that's how I got started. It's evolved drastically in the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Originally, because of my success in in doing technical sales for eight years, I was basically creating a business to do what I did for these three companies, provide massive growth in a short amount of time mm-hmm. for other companies. And it wasn't really scalable because I could only be myself at so many.
0: Yeah. Point.
1: So that's when I was like, okay, after a year, two years of doing that, I said, I need to be able to do something that's more scalable. Let me also offer marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's what made us start to grow. But it wasn't really until the last few years that we saw a massive uptick in, in our growth.
0: Yeah, that's cool because right now my focus is more on like the technical content creation. Although I offer a little bit of, you know, LinkedIn coaching and marketing services. My bread and butter is that because I'm in that position of like, it's just me. I'm a team of one. I do all the video, all the editing, all, everything. So for me, my sales pitch of my company is I feel like I can make their services sound more interesting, sound more fun and work with their team to bring out the personality of their company. And that's what I enjoy doing. But I haven't even like considered scaling because, you know, obviously we're <laughs> barely making any money yet, but also just the idea of like making it a full on company rather than just my current value proposition. Like that's scary to me. Like I like being small right now. And I think it's really cool that you saw that opportunity and you found a way to make it grow because I know people who do start their own businesses, they think, well, how can I do more? You know, right now this is my side hustle, but I, I think it's cool that you found a way to make it full-time and be able to pay employees. Like that's impressive.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. It it hasn't come with a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to you have to you have to figure out what, how big do you want to get, mm-hmm. and what do you want to offer. Yeah. And unfortunately, I have like an unquenchable thirst for <laughs> success. So I want this agency and the other companies that I own to get to. 50 80 hundred million dollars a year.
0: Like, yeah, after
1: like private jet type money, not staying within a small amount of footprint. But yeah, that doesn't mean that that's for everybody. Yeah, there are like you can be super happy, successful, hitting whatever goal is for you, and you can scale it bigger or mm-hmm. you can keep it smaller. Like there's tons of agencies that are two, three, four people, and there's other ones that are 500, five hundred, five thousand people. So yeah. it just depends on like scale to however big you want to do, mm-hmm. and then offer the services that you actually enjoy offering and that you know actually do work.
0: Yeah. So we've been talking about it sort of from the side of being the content creators and the business owners and, talked to him a lot before we even started recording about what that's been like in his journey. And I love that portion, but I also, before getting more into that, want to talk about why, why do people need to start creating videos in these technical spaces? Because this is something I made a presentation on at the ERA conference, uh, you know, a couple days ago, and everyone's like, we need to get into video. We need to be online. And then they're like, well, does marketing matter that much? Does brand awareness matter that much? Like, do I actually need to get video?" because my, my sales are fine, like we're profitable. But w- to you, in your opinion, when is it time to get into video? When is it time to make that online presence?
1: Yeah, so the time happened about three years ago. No, no. no. And so traditionally, industrial companies are about three to five years behind the curve on new marketing trends, mm-hmm. in general. Whether it's usage of CRM systems, not doing as many trade shows, whatever it is. They're just behind the curve. I always tell our clients that we talk to and prospects that, You have to look at what, like for you, if you're a machine shop or you're a plastics company and there's 1,500 of them in the United States, Mm -hmm. how are you different? Yeah. And I'll ask them to say, what's your value proposition, but you can't use uh, customer service, (laughs) delivery or quality. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, then I I stop them. I say, you can't use engineering. Yeah. How are you going to separate yourself from everybody else? And you have to do things that nobody else is doing. And one of those things still to this day is video. Yeah. It's not just... How it's traditionally been, where it's like I paid twelve thousand dollars and I have a four minute video and it's on my homepage. Yeah, it's how do I create forty of
0: them mm-hmm. a quarter? Yeah, a
1: hundred videos a year to get engagement, educate people, entertain them, boost the brand awareness, drive people into the funnel. It started three years ago. It's only going to get worse if you don't jump on it now. Then your competitors will. And then now you're just doing the same thing as them. Exactly. Comes
0: a yeah. And that's the thing I've noticed too, is that they'll spend all this money on one really good video. And then it's like, it doesn't do anything for them because a big portion is consistency. It's being able to make content, you know, not just once, but continuously and continuously, like cutting it up, reusing it and using it to make you have a online presence. And the best way to have an online presence is to be online consistently. So that's why I feel like a lot of companies get really discouraged because they're like, well, I spent all this money and it did nothing. Why would I spend more? Especially like a company like you guys, you're more on the high end scale of, you know, quality. And so you'll be a little more excited expensive. And so do you ever feel like you have a hard time, not convincing, but explaining to customers like why this costs money and that there is an ROI to it?
1: So usually that happens in the initial call. Mm-hmm. And I always tell our sales team, don't sell the unsellable. Yeah. If somebody doesn't believe in it and you have to convince them at length, they're not going to be a good customer. Yeah, And so there's no point in doing business with them. We look at it from the standpoint of, when somebody says, I know that I need to be doing more online, I know that this stuff works, mm-hmm. then we just basically say, here's how we think you should do it, Yeah, go with us or not, but this is what's going to get you growth based on our research. But I don't try, and I, I educate people that are willing to be educated, Yeah. but I don't go down the path of selling the unsellable because it's a waste of time and there are a million other companies out there. Yeah. Say, I want to do this or I have been doing this, it's been at a small scale, I'm ready to turn it up. Then they come to an agency like ours where it's like yes, we're expensive. But mm-hmm. what we do, like we've made hundreds of millions of dollars for our clients in the last few years. Yeah, And it comes with what we do. And the only way that we know what to do is because we do it every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think the thing that's hard too is sometimes you have employees who aren't the decision makers pushing it being like, hey, like, I know we need to get out there. I know we need to make content, but like, how do I get my boss to say yes? Like, and that's hard. So like, what do you do in a situation where it's like, there's the decision makers not on board but everybody else is like is that one of your unsellable ones or no. do you guys try to coax them or like help them understand it like what's your approach yeah so
1: that you just got to come with data mm-hmm. to
0: support
1: it, right case studies showing people what's working what's not working mm-hmm. in their industry because we're only industrial yeah you're selling to aerospace we sell to it every day and market to it every
0: day yeah medical
1: device industrial oil and gas we've got a client that's selling into at least some vertical or have had a client the last two years selling into that vertical so we have data to support this stuff works mm-hmm. and so typically a, a veteran owner or something that's more traditional once you show them data to prove it yeah they're at least willing to say you know what let's try it for a year and see mm-hmm. and then it's up to us to lose it yeah and as long as we do what we say we're going to do produce the results and get them the growth, and they're up for another year.
0: Okay. So say I'm a big company, I have a good budget, and I come to you and say, like, I have a website, that's okay, but not really an online presence, like, you know, I got a good team, like... I want to get started. Like, where where do I begin? Like, what is something you guys start with? Like, how do you how do you kick it off? Do we start with video? Do you fix their website first? Like, how do you normally kick off if they're basically ground zero in terms of digital presence? Yeah,
1: so we have packages put together based on what works. So we have a small package that says we need to manage your social presence, Mm -hmm. to create some piece of content, and we be able to manage the distribution of that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a starting point. So the first thing I would ask somebody is what's your budget? Yeah, and 70% 70% of the time, they say, I don't have one.
0: Yes, so but you me. know there is one. There is one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Spend $100,000 a month with me. Yeah. Well, there's no way I can get that approved. So I'll ask Yeah. You. Give me a rough idea. Yeah. Usually then we can get something out of them. But it all starts with, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? Okay, I'm trying to boost brand awareness and see a 10% growth. We we go super deep in the conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything. Where are you seeing growth? What industries? How much of your revenue is driven by what Current method? Is it coming from the website? Is it coming from trade shows, referrals? Are you guys doing cold calling? What's your outbound sales team like? Yeah. Ask all those questions to get a picture. And then I say, okay, here's the missing pieces of the puzzle. And it's going to cost this much money a month. And this is what you should see growth wise from it. And that kind of starts the conversation. But it's not a very difficult strategy to have. Yeah. You have to produce content. That's like, that's the only way to stand out, written or video. Mm-hmm. You have to put that in places that people are going to see it. When people search for you, you want to show up. Mm -hmm. So either they're searching for you through Google or they're not searching for you and you have to put something in front of them that's enticing on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to put in front of them? You can't just say, buy from me, I'm the best. You have to try and educate them, which comes from articles and videos.
0: Absolutely. So something that I got a lot of questions on when I was doing a presentation on LinkedIn is the idea of people like to buy from people, right? So there's a good approach and like having your sales guys grow their LinkedIn's and get more social and have that awareness. But also sometimes employees quit and then all of a sudden you invested in having them grow their social. How often do you guys ever focus on the individuals and growing them socially? Or is it more like company pages only? Or do you train the guys at all on how to grow their LinkedIn's and utilize that? Like, where does that come in and what's your opinion on it?
1: Yeah. So we actually do both. Okay. Uh, You'd be surprised as to how many... Profiles of salespeople and CEOs that we actually run. Managing their connection requests, sending messages.
0: What? A
1: company page can grow to the rate at which they're discovering and producing good content. Mm -hmm. The fastest way to grow a company page is to have people grow their network and share the content from the company to their network. Uh Well, if your salespeople have 200 connections, (laughs) you're only going to see so much. Yeah. So we try and get them at the fastest scale we can and the limitations that LinkedIn has now put on in the last Mm -hmm. year or so to get high quality people that they can provide value to and sell something to possibly in the future Mm -hmm. connect with them and then the content we produce put it in front of them to try and drive people back to the company page but we manage outbound conversations. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's that's just what works. If it didn't work, we wouldn't offer it as a service. And there's some companies that say, we don't want you to do that because we've got certain rules, but there's uh, companies overseas that we do it for mm-hmm. uh, in different parts of the country. And there's a lot of people in the U.S. that you think that it's them, but it's not. It's us.
0: I don't know why that made me feel giddy. Like I just got like a little excitement. Yeah. I never thought of doing that. Like I, I offer like LinkedIn training or like help you get your profile set up or like how to use it. Cause you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to make a post. And so I'm, I've been focusing on like the really granular, like how can I empower you to do it yourself? But then you can only like expect them to do so much once they know how because they may not keep up with it. But if you're in control of that and your company is, they will see the growth because you know how and you can actually do it and be consistent. So that's smart. Yeah. Oh, you're and so smart.
1: I've, I've talked to enough people. Uh-huh. So I'm like, look, man, this works. I can prove to you this works. I guarantee you that doing this will work. Do you have time to do it? Yeah. Oh, I really don't have time. Or I do have time to do it. We get into it two weeks in, man, you're not doing what we said. This yes. This is, this is hindering my performance. So... Are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. Like
0: a personal Uh, trainer. And they
1: do it a little bit. Yeah. Through Technical Sales University, I have an hour-long course on how to use LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. how the algorithm works, how to update your profile, how to get found, send connection requests, everything. We put them through that training Mm -hmm. so they understand it. But if they don't do it, it hinders things. So they say, we're at a point now, you said you didn't want us to manage your stuff. We're at a point now where I'm asking if you want to reconsider that. And they say, yes, here's the extra fee for us to do that we've got a team internally that manages all that stuff. And then things start to happen.
0: I'm kind of obsessed with that. Now I want to offer that. It's amazing. <laughs> like that's so smart because I just think about it and I'm like, I know that I left a customer the other day where it's like, you need to send out your 250 requests per month that you get for your, your company page. You know, you get 250 requests you can use. And it's like, I hope that got done, you know, cause now it's March and now you get 250 more, but they don't, and you know, like it's like they, every month they restart and it's like to have that hand in there, I think is so smart because now your, your results can be more guaranteed because you are like able to have that control. So I think that's really smart and yeah. that's it's really one, cool. It's one way to
1: force the results to actually happen if it works right? yeah we, for we've sure got a special way that we do it it's not rocket science yeah we've got something that we it is to some
0: people <laughs>
1: yeah maybe to some people but i feel like i've been being other people on linkedin since probably 2016 which that's always an interesting conversation like what's your password
0: yeah uh, the types
1: of passwords i've heard oh my gosh it's just hilarious and then it's like they've got two fa set up so it's like on the phone with them. You're going to get a text message. I'm Yes. Lucky. And then now I'm in a different location. Like I'm at home doing something or a team member is doing something, different IP address. We got to reauthenticate. Um, mm-hmm. So it can get in the setup can be a little bit tricky. I agree. But once you get rocking and rolling, like what, what you have to look at is salespeople, president, CEOs need to focus on their mm-hmm. level, their area of genius and what they do best. Right? Yeah. And if that salesperson is best doing RFQs and booking discovery calls, but... Isn't going to put in the effort to do some hunting. Mm-hmm. Let us just take that off of him. Yeah. Let them do what they're great at. We can get attention and drive conversations. Mm-hmm. Let us do that aspect. But I always tell them, pay attention to your inbox mm-hmm. because I'm not here to micromanage it. I want yeah. to Have a hand in it. So if somebody responds with a certain message, we can notify you. But I want you to be looking at this every day. So we're starting to train them. Yeah. In the habit of it, and then they eventually they can say, okay, now I'm going to take over. Responding to stuff, but I'm still not going to engage or post every day. Yeah. So I'm not going to share the company stuff, so we still do that
0: for that. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with you guys. <laughs> it's,
1: it's fun. It's just yeah. A lot of the things that, um, like, we offer cold calling.
0: Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, so we've that's been nice. For like four
1: companies. We've been doing it for eight years and we stopped for a couple of years because it sucks. Just, <laughs> it, so it sucks, but it was just getting too much. Like, everybody was like, make cold calls. And I'm like, I'm not sending a tell." Yeah, right?
0: yeah, that's a whole different thing. So
1: we're strategic, but we offer like lead generation where one of our, team members, does cold calls, mm-hmm. sends out messages, sends out emails, appears as if they work for the company, which they kind of do. Yeah. Their sole job is to generate activity for the sales engineer, business development manager, whatever, mm-hmm. to have conversations. So there's tons of lead gen companies out there. There's tons of people that say, I'm going to do calls for you, book appointments, the amount of time that it takes to teach them. Yeah. Like we're a machine shop. We're a plastics company. We're a robotics integrator. We're a control systems integrator it could take months and at the end they're like you still suck on the phone
0: whereas us
1: it's i'm just like what do you sell who do you sell to that's all we need to know give me a presentation we're going to start making calls in a week
0: and that's the difference between hiring a marketing company that has technical experience and one that doesn't so that's why you're special because you have that background in this industry as an engineer before you know switching to the more uh, media side so like that's why your stuff is so good because you do understand, you do relate, you have the empathy. And I think that that's a piece that's missing when these people spend thousands upon thousands of dollars with a media only company, like you guys get it. And that's rare. And I think that's something that makes you special. And that's why I say my value proposition is, is like, I get it. Like I'm in this industry too. Now my quality of video is not going to be as good as like a nice production company would, but at least I'll understand you. You know, I can give you that much. And then one day maybe we pay someone else to record the video or I refer them to someone like you that has the high quality. And it's like, it's cool. And I'm, I'm glad to have met you and actually seen your setup and like truly understand it even more to where I do have a really good referral that I can give now, because it's hard. Like I wouldn't want to just send them to anyone, you know, and say like, good luck, (laughs) bye. But now I could confidently send somebody with the budget to you and I would feel good about it.
1: We know industrial and it's mainly not only because we've worked in it, like as an agency, but we came from it. That's the thing is like, I came from it. Nancy's got more experience than me. My, my marketing manager, she's got 32 years, 32 years of experience in industrial, but too often Industrial manufacturing companies still deal with a B2B agency yeah. that does marketing, <laughs> comma, also for industrial. Yeah. I'm like, I'm competitive, we will wipe the floor with them. We can do more because when something shifts in industrial,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: like trade shows become less effective, we have already adjusted Found what works because we do it at scale with other companies. Take those teachings, apply them to new customers or cross-industry stuff. I'm calls with customers, like, we just saw this working in the medical industry. What we want to do is try this out for aerospace to see if we see, I see the same success at a small scale. And they're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. We're going to test it. If it works, dude, we'll do this every month for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right. And then when it works, it's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, dude, that we we learned. I that told
0: you so. Company. I told yeah. you it was going to work. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, I feel excited and excited to go home and edit the videos that I have going on cuz you guys are just inspiring me and I'm going to try to not feel bad about how low quality I am compared Dude, to you, totally but bad. you know. No,
1: it's, it's like if you saw the videos I made back in 2016, 17, yeah. it was trash like so trash like phones weren't good Mm -hmm. i was like trying to follow casey neistat who's the one who started doing the vlogging with a dslr camera Mm -hmm. it was so ghetto it was in my car like it was so it was so trash
0: thank god for iphones
1: Yes, like if I was starting something today, it would just be so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the quality is is just good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're just about getting to the end. So if there's anything you wanna leave us with, whether it's a tip for companies or for entrepreneurs wanting to make videos here, like anything, or it could just be something off the wall, whatever you feel inspired to say. I would
1: say get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like that is where magic happens is like the area of uncomfortableness where like, if you're feeling resistance internally to doing something that other people in the industry are saying is working, Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that. Yeah. And once you do it once or twice, you become comfortable and then it's less of an issue. Yeah. But I would say anybody entrepreneur, anybody in industrial, you have to make videos Pay attention to LinkedIn, use it on a daily basis, produce consistent content, and listen to those that are doing, and more importantly, watch what they're doing. Because if I don't make a video explaining exactly how we use LinkedIn to grow my personal brand, then people have asked for that. And it's like, you don't even need that. Just follow me and see what do I post, when do I post it, what type of mix of content. There's a reason why we do that. It's because it works. So just pay attention to those in the industry, like yourself too, and everybody else, and just get creative and get uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I love that. And guys, like, you know, obviously the, the theme of this is failing for you. You've heard it. Kyle is what I would consider to be a successful business owner, but he didn't just, you know, walk into this. Like he started small. He started with like he said, his low quality videos that he was doing on his own. And now he has a team. He has a an actual like location and they have these huge contracts. Like It's not that we're here to tell a success story. We're telling a story that you can do it too, but also you have to be as motivated and as out there as Kyle, which, you know, not everybody is. So if you want it, it's there for you to work for or, you know, just come join Kyle's team because they're doing really cool (laughs) stuff. Uh, But guys, thank you so much for listening. Kyle, thank you for not only coming on the podcast, but letting me be here, letting me record with your awesome, you know, setup. amazing and getting to use your team. I'm very appreciative. Um, Absolutely. Well, guys, as always, I'm your host, Jordan Yates. And in the meantime, I'll be failing for you. See you next week.